Good morning. Good morning. Woohoo. Uh, <clears throat> next month, uh, we, I don't, I'm not sure what the date is, the 20. Next month, uh, we're having Springhouse Presents. And, okay, and, and for those of you who don't know what that is, that's just basically the night when we just go, yeah, just come out here and show us what you got, you know, and so. So if you, uh, if, if you have a hidden talent, we would like to uncover that talent. Uh, if you sing, if you dance, if you do card tricks, if you've got a smart dog that uh, is willing to perform with you, we would, uh, we, we'd, we'd like to see that. 25th, 28th? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and you may go, well, I, I'm not very good. Well, sometimes that can be very interesting. Sometimes that can make for quite an enjoyable evening. Uh, and so, you know, yeah, bring it. Just bring it. Um, and so if you're, if you're uh, available to do that and would like to do that, uh, you, need to, you need to see either Justin Bashirs or Scott Asher and um, just talk to one of those guys and let's get right on it. Let's do this. Make this the best one ever. Okay. Uh, Would you stand with me? And let's read from Matthew. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the the grace that is in this place and the grace that is in your word. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would empower us to receive that grace in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, The most fundamental question in prayer is... Who am I talking with? Yeah, we, that's, where we, that's what we found out last week. That, that's, that's the basic thing. That's where it all starts. Uh, prayer is not uh, magic. Prayer is not saying words of power into the air somewhere. And if you say the right words with the right feeling, with the right uh, amount of faith, you know, with, with, when you got it together, things will then happen. That's not really what prayer is. Uh, prayer isn't making things happen. Prayer is having a conversation with somebody. A prayer is also not addressed to whom it may concern, which we which we sometimes we sometimes do that. Sometimes we got this we got this thing that we want to uh, that we want to have happen in our life, and so uh, we send it up. Uh, we actually have decided to now uh, do something about it, so we send it up. And we really don't care who the, who the answer comes from as long as the answer comes, as long as the thing happens. Now, listen, let, let, me, let me say this, and I said it twice in the first service because it was kind of off the cuff, and I went, that was really good. Who it comes from is more important than what it is that comes. Who it comes from is more important than whether or not it comes. So... That's something to bear in mind. And, and prayer also is not, uh, we don't need an intermediary 
for prayer. Now, it's okay to, uh, it's okay to pray to Jesus because of, this, because of the Trinity, okay? He's part, he's God. So it's okay to pray to Jesus. It's okay to pray to the Holy Spirit if you want to do that. But Jesus instructed us to pray our Father. That's who the conversation is with. That's who we are expecting from. And we have direct access to the throne of grace. In fact, we're told to come boldly before the throne of grace so that we, might, we may find help in our time of, in our time of need. Uh, and the more important thing about what we're asking for actually concerns the who as well. Jesus, not, not, uh, well, Jesus told us the first thing you should pray is your kingdom come, your will be done. That's, that is priority one. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, we are not accustomed to the notion of kingdom, uh, especially in this country. We, we fought a war 250 years ago to get out from under a king. Actually, to get out from under a parliament, but, but the king was kind of the focus of that. And, and even now, we, uh, we fight wars to, to enable democracy, to, to spread. And, uh, you know, okay, that, that's fine. But that is not God's, that is not God's uh, form of government. His form of government is and always has been a kingdom, which requires a king. When Israel asked Samuel to give them a king, Samuel was, um, he was upset by that. He didn't like that, com- he didn't like that request. He took it to God and God said, don't don't, don't be upset about this. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me as their king. And when you think about it, if we come to God and we, and we neglect to come to God, and I'm not talking about a formula. I'm talking about a heart situation. If we come to God and we, and we feel like we can just kind of blow off or neglect this notion of your kingdom come, your will be done, then we are rejecting him as our king. We're basically going, hey, uh, you, you know, I know you're, you're king and all that, but this is what I want. And you don't do that with a king, you see. Uh, God says over in Malachi, <laughs> and I like this verse, uh, you know, you would think that the only verse pastors knew from Malachi was bring the full tithes into the storehouse. But, but that's uh, in Malachi 1, it says, Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty. My name will be feared among the nations. Now, we don't bring flocks or uh, animals to some people... I mean, some people bring their animals to church, but they're not, you know, to be sacrificed or anything. Uh, we don't do that anymore. But we make commitments to God. And we've made a commitment to the great king. And usually those commitments somehow fall a little bit down the list of priorities. I've told God I'll do this or I've committed to do this. But you know what? If something comes up, if something more important than my commitment to the great king comes up, then I'll, I, I, I've got to do that instead. He's a great king. 
This is, this, is, this, is, this is a king that we're talking about. When Jesus appears in Revelation 19 on a white horse, he's, he's got a tattoo. He's, he's got one it's on, on his thigh, and it says, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I don't know what that says about tattoos, but I know what it says about Jesus. It says he's king of kings and Lord of lords. He, he is a king, and we should pray for his kingdom to come. The gospel, the good news that Jesus preached was the gospel of the kingdom. We don't, we don't generally think of, of the kingdom when we think about the gospel, but we should because that's what Jesus preached over in Matthew uh, chapter 4 after he was tempted in the wilderness. It says that, that after that time that he, uh, he, he, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is near. Uh, you've probably heard that the gospel must be preached in all nations before Christ returns. Well, here's the, here's the actual quote of it. Jesus said in, in, in Matthew, and, the gospel, and this gospel of the kingdom will pre- be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And when the kingdom comes, oh my, my, my. You know, I, I like to talk about it. I like to think about it because it reminds me of how important it is. When the kingdom comes, the things that come with it, justice. Justice is one of the things that, that, that comes with it. And there's no elected official, there's no worldly prince that will bring justice to the world, that can bring justice to the world. Uh, you know, we're only able to tolerate really being in this world because we have the ability to look away. If we had to look at what's really going on, if we, if we, if we couldn't look away, we wouldn't, be able, we wouldn't be able to tolerate it. But he's going to come and he's going to bring justice. And, and he can bring justice because not, not only because he has the power to do it. He doesn't have to negotiate with anybody about bringing justice. Uh, but he also, he also has the ability to see what's really going on. He has the ability to see in, into people's hearts and know what is what? Have you ever had a situation where maybe a good friend of yours or a family member, hopefully that those are synonymous. Uh, have, you, have you ever had a situation where a, a good friend of yours came and somebody had done something? They, they'd gotten crossways with somebody and they, and they told you, you know, what, what was, what's what? What was going on? And you, you know, I, if you're like me any, anyhow, you kind of really begin to empathize with them and you kind of begin to go, well, I can't believe that somebody would actually do that. You know, I, I, man, they have really wronged you. you yeah. You ever had that happen? Did I start preaching too early or what? <laughs> have you ever had that? Okay. Well, guess what? The other side has a friend that they have gone to and, and told what happened, and they're over there going, well, I can't believe that it went that way. It's because we don't have a clue. We really don't know. But, but God does. Everything is open and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And, and he will bring justice with righteousness. He will judge the needy with justice. He will give decisions for the poor of the earth. And he, and, and he, will, he will bring righteousness, a kingdom of righteousness. Not, not a righteousness that's based on how you look or a righteousness that's based on what you have or a righteousness that's based on uh, the image that people may have of you are not, not a righteousness based on a particular culture's uh, influence of, of what is right. No, but a true righteousness. 
a true righteousness. And no, there's no, um, no lobbyist, no, uh, no one that can influence God to do what's not right. I mean, can you imagine, you know, coming to God and trying, and trying to get him to do a deal? I mean, you know, something, something that uh, is maybe going to cut this group out, but God, you know, it's really going to be best for this group. And so this is really what I need you to do, God. Uh, can, you, can you imagine somebody trying to do that with, with the king of all the earth when he, when he comes here and has all power and everything? Do we ever do that in our prayers? We try it at times, and then we get upset, or we get disappointed, or we go, well, you know, God just doesn't love me, or maybe there is no God, because he didn't yield to our influence. But he comes, when, when, when the kingdom comes, he'll come with righteousness and, and come with peace. And peace within is available now, but outside of the kingdom, inner peace is, is simply, simply an illusion. Peace on earth is destined to come with the coming of the Prince of Peace. That was the message that was brought on the, de- on the night that he was born. Peace on earth, goodwill toward those on whom his favor rests. Prosperity, not a prosperity that's based on the... Um, the Dow Jones Industrial Average or the Consumer Price Index, but, but real pros- prosperity, real things, not, not m- money, not illusionary things, but real things. It, it, it says they will build houses and they'll dwell in them. They will, they, they'll plant vineyards and they'll, uh, they'll eat their fruit. They will not labor in vain. They will not bear children doomed to misfortune. Oh, yeah, that's good. Now, that's, that's some prosperity and enjoy. Oh, when the kingdom comes. There's a, there's a chorus, a couple of choruses we used to sing back in the day. And uh, one of them was, uh, was Isaiah, Isaiah 55. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy. All the trees of the fields will clap, will clap their hands. Can you imagine? I mean, seriously, uh, actually the verse says uh, the mountains and the hills will break forth into song before you. Now that's probably metaphorical, but what if it isn't? I mean, could you, uh, can you imagine hearing a mountain sing? I mean, even a hill's probably got a pretty good baritone, but I mean, a mountain, you know, could could really, could really break. And, And the trees and the fields will clap their hands. Trees don't have hands. But they got limbs and they and and they're and they're pretty big. I mean, this is this is cool stuff. And in, and in Jeremiah thirty one, it says, uh, "Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, young men and old men together. And I will comfort them, and I will make them rejoice from their sorrow." When is the last time you danced? You know that thing about young men and old men together. Uh, I'm actually at a point in my life where I'm both of those. I, when, I'm, when I'm dancing, both things are happening. You know, there, there is a young man in here who is actually dancing, and there is an old man that is bringing amusement to your eyes. I got, I got it both going on there. But when's the last time you did? And I don't, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I mean, line dancing and, and, and ballroom dancing or whatever. You know, that's, that's cool. But I mean, just dance because you were so darn happy. Because there was so much joy in your life. 
Who went to the last time? In fact, I would go so far as to say that there was a point here this morning that if you didn't do that, something's wrong with you. Oh, I knew that everybody would love that. <laughs> really, when's the last time you did? Your kingdom come. I, this is, keep your eyes on the prize, people. This is what it's all about. When, when his kingdom does come, literally and manifest on the earth, virtually everything that is a problem on the earth is just going to fade into not problem. But do you understand that right now, if his kingdom comes in your life, the issues that you struggle with so much will start to fade into the background. Start to fade in the presence of, of, of real righteousness, real peace. Real joy. And so when you pray, put first things first. How often do we consciously pray, your kingdom come? That's what I'm asking for today. Your will be done. We are conditioned to, um, to think that we know what is best. For us, in spite of all evidence to the contrary, and there is much evidence to the contrary as to whether or not we know that. Occasionally, we'll get an easy one right, but most of the time, we get it wrong. Most of the time, we have no idea if I pull on this string, what's going to come loose where. Have you ever done something thinking, well, when I do this, this is going to happen, and you did it, and that happened instead? I have discovered that uh, I have proven to be a cotton-headed ninny muggins when it comes to the stock market. Uh, Back in 1982, when I left the Social Security Administration, I, I wasn't quite vested, and so uh, all, all of the money that I had paid into civil service retirement, I got back. 1982, it was around six grand, yeah, and that was some money in 1982, let me tell you. And uh, so I, I started out in 1982 investing in my retirement with uh, six grand, and in the last 35 years, I have turned that into not six grand. And that's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) However, if I had known then what I know now, I could have made two investments and just left it alone. And I, I could have taken that money, invested it in Microsoft, waited until night, until 2002, sold it, put it in Apple, and today, I would have over $35 million. Oh, yeah, that's real funny. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I wouldn't be standing up here. Say, oh, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not that good. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I think if I had $35 million, I'd probably do something else. Uh, and the, the, 
say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's where I'm supposed to be doing it. I mean, you don't have to agree with me, but I mean, I, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing and where I'm supposed to be doing it. And, and if I had been able to do that, I, yeah, I, I, I'd be doing something else. And not nearly as fulfilled and meaningful as what I hopefully am doing right now. So, you know, if I had no, and that's just, that's just two trades. I mean, you know, I know some other things I could have done and boy, you know, short the market in the mid, in the mid, uh, in 1986, I guess it was, I, you know, there's all, I could be a billionaire. You say, well, anybody can do that if they know what's going to happen. I know somebody who does know what's going to happen. Isaiah 46 9 says I am God and there is no other I'm God there's none like me I make known the end from the beginning from ancient times what what is still to come and we are instructed to pray to the one who knows when you pull this string what's going to happen over here we're instructed to go your will be done that's how we're instructed to pray now that's not how people are taught to pray these these days much? I mean, we're now taught to pray in faith believing. This is what's going to happen. And, and, and yes, I've got nothing wrong with in faith believing. But when, when I go, this is going to happen, my faith is in what I want to have happen. When I pray, your will be done, my faith is in who I'm praying to. There is a difference there. And there's a lot of reasons why I love our God, but one of the reasons is because he doesn't say, do what I say, not what I do. He says, do what I do. There's nothing in your life that you have ever confronted or will ever confront that could be as, as dire as Jesus at Gethsemane. He was going to be arrested and found guilty of something that he had, when he had done nothing wrong, completely innocent, done nothing wrong, he was going to be arrested. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a pill to be arrested in the first place and then found guilty, but then definitely to not be guilty and found guilty. That's, that's rough. All of his friends were going to abandon him. I mean, when you're in a tough situation, but at least you've got somebody. That you can go, let me, let me unburden my heart to you. All of his friends were going to abandon him. He was going to be tortured to death, which probably may have been the least troublesome of those three. And it was God's will. That's a tough position to be in. So he prayed. And why did he pray? My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And and he went back and he prayed again. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken. What do you mean not possible? All things are possible. Wait a minute. Jesus said, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away from me. 
unless I drink it. May your will be done. If it's not possible for, 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 for Marcia to be redeemed, you know, if, it, if, it, if, it, if it's not possible for TJ to go to heaven, if it's not, if it's not possible for Mark to be, to be healed, if it's not possible for, for, for Ronnie to, to get to know you, and co- unless I drink this cup, then your will. You know what's best. You, you, you know what, what is coming down the pike. That's not a popular message because we want what we want. And yes, Jesus did bear much so that we wouldn't have to. But he also said, unless someone is willing to take up their cross and follow me, they can't be my disciple. They can be my fan, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they can be saved. He didn't really... Um, unpack that, but I hope so. They said, they can't be my disciple unless they're willing to do that. And Jesus didn't say that because he wants us to suffer, but because he knew we aren't very clever. We don't really know what's next. We, 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 don't, we don't know what's between here and when we get home today. He said this also, I'll close with this. He knew this, whoever wants to save his own life is going to lose it. But whoever is willing to lose their life for me will save it. I, uh, I don't always um, pray the template of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, there are days that I do that, and you know, and then there are days that I just pray. But on the days that I pray the template of the Lord's Prayer, and, and I have certain days when I do that, this is how I started out. Um, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Blessed be your name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done, and may it start in me. Because I can't pray for your kingdom to come on this earth if I'm not willing for it to come in my life. I can't pray for God's will to be done in your life if I'm not willing for it to be done in my life first. And so, Lord, may I worship you in spirit and in truth today. May I have the the grace and the wisdom to enter into your righteousness, peace, and joy, and the Holy Ghost. But may your will be done. Would you stand with me? And would those who are going to uh, pray for people come forward this morning? One of the things that I, uh, one of the things that I really appreciate, I was going to say love, maybe I love it, but one of the things I really appreciate about pastoring a church and pastoring a church for uh, a pretty good while uh, is coming to know the people in it and knowing sometimes I, I see people come and I know what they're going through and I see them just give it up. Just go, wow. God, yeah, that's good. That's strong. 
And I don't know all of you, but I know some of you are going through some stuff. And if you, if you need prayer, if you need prayer, you need direction, you need guidance, you come. If not, let's worship together for a few moments. Let's uh, create an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to work, not in their lives so much, but work in my life, work in your life. Let's worship together.